Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. If I'm going to pivot this business, what's the one thing that I do best, customers value most, and for me, it just comes easy? Today on episode 475 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the CEO of Cypress Resources, Carrie Rome. I'm going to ask Carrie about solving problems versus opportunities and much more. Find out more about Carrie along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Carrie Rome. Carrie is a recovering CPA who somehow can manage both left and right brain activities. Admittedly, right brain activities are where Carrie thrives. An admirer of smart ideas, Carrie is an avid or maybe addicted podcast and audiobook listener. So if you see him with earbuds in, he's not being rude. He's trying to figure out how to better your business. Carrie, welcome to a podcast since you're a podcast lover. Oh, David, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, introducing me to your podcast because I've listened to some episodes and they're fabulous. And I just am really excited to be a guest. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. So, Carrie, I wanted to actually start by talking about something that I heard you say when I was doing a little research before, uh, you know, in preparation for recording this episode. Yeah. What happens when one starts to do things that are outside of other people's comfort zone? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, the first thing, so where it starts is you'll get, obviously, people want to, in my experience, David, people want to put you into a box that's comfortable to them. So as soon as you start doing things that are outside of what's comfortable to them, they're not going to like it. And they're going to let you know that and maybe spoken, but certainly with a look and like, what in the, what in the heck is Carrie up to? As you persist, then uh, you'll probably start getting, you'll hear chatter. And as you hear the chatter, it may become louder and it only quiets once you persist and once you become successful. And, and the only way you can do that is by ignoring the chatter and just continuing to, to go and push forward towards smashing the plateau that you say, hey, I want to I achieve this and I'm willing to do things a little bit different to try and make it a success. And do you find that that chatter often comes from people who are closest to you? Well, it can. You know, I try to just ignore all of the chatter. I, I think a lot of people that know me would say, oh, Carrie's a, he's an extrovert. What I found is the more I've tried things that uh, really made me uncomfortable, but I knew that I had to, I had to reach and I had to do it. I had to block out some of the chatter. And so I've got a very uh, close-knit group that knows me extremely well, certainly people that care to invest, to listen to a podcast and learn a little bit more. That's a fabulous way. But outside of that, I just ignore it. And and if it's family, then yeah, I guess that becomes a little awkward, but it can be. Yeah. So what's an example of something that, that you've done that was outside of other people's comfort zone where you ignored it and you became successful? Well, when I started Cypress Resources, which is the company I started in 2005, when I started that, I mean, I'm a CPA by trade and I worked in public accounting and outside of public accounting after that, I went into the traditional sort of CFO role and COO role. But when I started 
Cyprus resources. I had a vision of what I wanted to do, but I could sort of feel the chatter and like, what is, what is he doing? What is, and, and you get all these questions where, so what are you doing again? And some of them are sincere, but none of them are probably going to hire you. And so, and maybe I'm just paranoid, could be, could be that, but it didn't feel like it was, they genuinely cared to learn more about why is he doing that? That's not what, you know, that's not what we know him for. In fact, it, it probably took a good 20 years for my mother to figure out that I don't work, I don't do taxes, even though I am a CPA. Mom, I don't do taxes. So, but still every year she says around uh, tax season, she says, wow, you must be really busy. Yep. You got it, mom. <laughs> and um, how long was it till the company that you started felt like it was really doing what, what you wanted it to do? Oh my gosh. So, uh, one of the, so for your listeners, I, I started and, you know, it's probably a true vision of where I wanted to go mixed with not knowing, just genuinely not knowing the bumps that I would hit and, and a mix of maybe a little bit of determination and pure persistence is how I got started and got through. But when you start day one as a business owner, and it was me, and I actually, I sublet a, an attorney's uh, closet. I had an office in his closet. That's where I started. It was just me. And the burn in my gut on day one that was, oh my gosh, what have I done? I got I to gotta figure this thing out because it's all on me now and it's not just a business plan. It's a reality. So I started for the first six months, just pure hustle on the phone, networking, talking to people who probably didn't care, but just getting out there and I call it a laugh at, at the business development process that I used to do. I just said coffee, lunch, repeat. I mean, book a meeting for coffee, book a meeting for lunch and repeat it for five days and then wake up and do it the next week. I had a relationship in uh, that in six months I got a call. Hey, I heard you had started something. Do you want to would you want to take a look at this? And that turned into um, a very fortunate opportunity that that sort of happened. It kind of launched us. And that was about seven or eight months in and really something that I hadn't planned on. But when it hit, I really took advantage and it poured all in, made sure it was successful. And so the short answer is about eight months. But as you know, it's not an up and right smooth curve. It's a it's a bumpy ride along the way. Mm. Yep. That's why we call this show Smashing the Plateau, because there are a lot of plateaus you hit along the way. There, there are, there are. And what is the core problem that you solve now in your business? Yeah. So we help business owners. We help executives. We figure out their ambition, their goals. Where do you want to take this organization? Then we create a simple plan, a one page plan to get them there. And then we're with them along the way to help them implement. So that's what we do. And we've developed this process Along the way, I didn't start out working on opportunities. I started out working on problems and I worked on problems for five years. There was a bit of a pivot, worked on problems a little bit more, but a little bit more systematic. And then in 2015, I said, I don't want to work on problems anymore. I want to work on opportunities. And so that was the, so I would say we've pivoted uh, about every five years, but the trajectory that we're on right now, we're super excited about. So how would you describe the difference between a problem and an opportunity? Oh, very good. A problem is something that is 
uh, an executive may be dealing with that they may have inherited. They might have started five years ago. They may have inherited it and it is surfaced into something that uh, they can that it's interrupting normal course of operations and certainly not even remotely close to helping them achieve something strategic. It is a sore that has turned into a full-blown infection. And that, as a consultant, the nice side of that is when they decide they need it fixed, they really, really want it fixed. The problem with that model is no one likes to go out and brag about the problem they had. No one is out promoting how you solved that problem because no one really wants to talk about the problem. They just want to go on and move on to the next thing. And so while it was a nice revenue model for me, it just wasn't a very sustainable business model for me. Right. And it's very project oriented. It's very, very project oriented. So back in the day, I would literally fly anywhere to have lunch with you to talk about the potential to work on a problem one day. And that is, that's completely inefficient. It's ridiculous as I reflect on it now, but that's, that's how I started. And, and there was a big, big, there's a company where I live that had a really, really big problem. And there was a consulting firm that came in and they had 300 consultants and the 300 consultants worked on the really big problem for three years. And so I thought, wow, I'm going to go do that. Well, that type of big problem is not around that often. The odds that you, that's sort of like winning the Powerball, the lottery to sort of to be there at the right time. So, you know, through that process, I figured out I want to work on opportunities that creates a longer lasting relationship with a client. And so the difference between the problem and opportunity, the opportunity is forward looking and a, and a problem is cleaning up a mess from that happened in the past. Uh, so what, what's a typical example of an opportunity? So, yeah, I've got a, uh, a client that I'm working with right now. Gosh, they're a 113-year-old company. They, they're due to a combination of events, technology. Uh, primarily, technology has um, commoditized their business, meaning the value of their offering has become cheaper because the online market now has reduced that value. And so we've gone in and we created it with the same existing customer base, which they, they're a trusted brand, we've gone in and we've completely architected a brand new business model to go and create a recurring revenue model that is something the customer is willing to pay for. And it creates this brand new opportunity for this company that I'm working with that they never thought of in, historically. It's just completely different because it wasn't part of their legacy business model. And so for them, that's all opportunity. That is, that's growth opportunity. We can get back to growing again. And we're not worried about the headwinds that the internet has forced on our business model because the internet's not going away. So let's accept it. Let's pivot and let's go find an opportunity that's right for us. Yeah. And, I'm, and I bet they're a lot more excited to try to take advantage of this opportunity than they would be to solve a problem that they just want to go away. Oh, yeah. So the, yes, there's one piece, there's the excitement. Now, now, I'm not saying that it's without its challenges. The biggest challenge there is a, with a legacy company and they've, they've done things the same way for so long that when you get the executive team bought into a, a new path forward, a really big opportunity, sometimes it can be like dragging the rest of the team along and saying, guys, we don't have a choice. Our old business model is dying. We don't have a choice. So we're, what we help with that part of the process 
is not only are we crafting and architecting the new opportunity, the new path, but I talked about helping them along the way and, and sort of handholding them throughout the process. Sometimes with organizations, the people that they have, that they've hired to, to manage their business, find it very difficult to build and incorporate new opportunities. It's just, it's just, it's not in their DNA. But what we do is we come in and we launch it and we get it off the ground and we get it up and running. And then we hand that process over to those people that manage processes well. And now we say, hey, do this, not that. And here's why. And they can see it more clearly. This is David. I'd like to take a quick break from today's episode to let you know that you too can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. We have a free resource to help you smash the plateau in 30 days. Go to our website, smashingtheplateau.com, and send me a message requesting your free tool. I'd love to help you smash the plateau. Carrie, what have you found has been most influential in your own ability to make the kinds of pivots that you've described in your business periodically that have really been a game changer and a, and maybe to, to you, you use the phrase of uh of this show a uh, plateau smasher yeah yeah so the first one was you know sort of five years in and that was uh, someone told me we'd finished a, pr- a project for someone and the coo of a eighteen thousand employee company said he had to tell me david i, I had to have somebody tell me this he said carrie you finished ahead of schedule and under budget but that wasn't my big problem the big problem was 12 and 18 months ago when as an executive, I don't have anyone to help me think through all these things that I know I need to do to drive this organization forward. So that was my first wake up call. And I pivoted there. And I, and I to do that, though, he said, you're missing an advisory service. So we shifted from trading time for money to a an advisory service that was based on a retainer basis. That was the first pivot. Then we moved into okay, what's the next iteration of this? And the next iteration is this is I'm limited by physically going and, and, and doing this. Even if it's a retainer basis, I'm limited by working with executives. And so how can do this in a more efficient way and scale? And so we've developed some technology that allows us to use our system and our platform to work with anyone, anywhere, and really deploy the same level of service. And so those are those are really the two that, that I got to a point where I said, if I want to take it to the next level, if I want to break through this plateau, I can no longer do business the way I'm doing it. I, the first one was I can no longer trade time for money and especially not on work that the customer doesn't value that much. There's not a lasting value as it relates to solving problems. There is longer lasting value when you create an opportunity and you continue to help them grow that opportunity. Yeah. So initially, the first pivot was kind of a trigger that was initiated by a comment from a client. Yeah. No, it was it was absolutely a gift. It was a complete gift. Yeah. And the second one, this optimization, what sort of gave you the ability to figure out how to do it? Oh, gosh. When I decided, all right, we're going to I'm going to stop working on problems and start working on opportunities. Uh, The way we started was uh, I went back to okay, if I'm going to pivot this business, what's the one thing that I do best, customers value most, 
And for me, it just comes easy. And so what I got back to is that one page system that I went back to my office and created the day that that executive told me you needed advisory service. So I said, all right, I'll stop using this for problems and I'll start using it for opportunities. So David, what we did is we started having workshops and we started having CEOs and presidents of companies and leaders. And we say, okay, what's in your head and where do you want to go? And how can we use this systematic process to unpack all that? So your team really understands it. And how can we help, uh, you know, pass that, that initial sort of launch. And so when we started doing that, we were actually, I was doing a workshop and you can imagine how that's completely not scalable. I mean, workshops are not scalable at all, especially the ones where people are bringing their own team. It's not like I was working with you know, a group of 5,000 people. I was working with teams of a, a leader plus maybe seven to 10 people. So what I took away from one of the meetings, we had this, this uh, system that we created and then we, there, we had, we'd print them out on 11 by 17 pieces of paper. And I had an employee say after one of the workshops, and she said, hey, can we take these extra copies? And David, I thought to myself, well, yeah, but it's just blocks on a piece of paper unless you understand the methodology and the approach. And, it, and at that moment, I said, we need to create technology. I need to create technology because that's how I'm going to leverage this and scale this to the next level. And I'd love interacting with people in a workshop setting but I can serve more people doing it with, through a platform. Yeah. Carrie, what, what do you think is the biggest mistake that business leaders make when they're facing that kind of pivot point? Because you've faced a f several of them and done a great job in your business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the biggest mistake, and I see it over and over and over again, is people yeah, craft a strategy or conduct a whiteboard session. And then they may hold a meeting where they communicate the plan or the vision with their team, or maybe they do it over a PowerPoint. They don't systematically map it out through the organization and they don't supply support along the way. Research shows that 92.3% of companies don't have a system to do this. And so large companies hire expensive consultants to help them create strategy and then they make a PowerPoint and they over a 10 to 15 page PowerPoint, they tell everybody the strategic direction and then people go off and do tactics and go work on their day job. There's a tremendous disconnect, but that's also a reason why most strategies fail. Smaller companies have a different problem. A smaller company, you have a, a, a scrappy CEO who's who probably like me, nobody taught me strategy, but I'm going to read books. I'm going to I'm going to figure it out on my own. And somehow, some way, I'm just going to force my way and force my will upon success. Well, if you just take all of that where you want to go and map it out, you'll find that it's, it provides so much clarity as to the priorities in your organization. Hmm. Sounds great. Carrie, whom do you know personally who has done a really remarkable job of smashing the plateau? Yeah, so a friend of mine actually had breakfast with him this morning. His name is Chad Troll, T-R-U-L-L. -L. He was the CEO of Hospice Link. We've been friends for a long time. He's exited Hospice Link now, but recently got voted the entrepreneur, Ernst Young Entrepreneur of the Year, I believe. Uh, really hard charger. He, he just... He smashes it. Yeah. Great example. 
And Carrie, what's coming up for you in the near future? What do we have to look forward to? Wow. So we're, we're continuous to develop this software and this platform. We're looking for ways to really scale and bolt on where it's not just Carrie. It's not just Carrie working with an executive and their team, but much more scale from that. So that's what you'll be seeing coming. Um, and we're super excited about it. Sounds great. And if someone wants to go deeper with anything that you've talked about today or wants to learn more, get in touch with you, access any resources you have, where would they go? Okay. So uh, if they want to email me, success at cypress, resources.com. LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I put a lot of content out there. And I would say those are the two. If you can message me on LinkedIn, I'm probably uh, I probably check LinkedIn more than email, believe it or not. So yeah, it's a great place for us. Our our website's just cypressresources.com and uh, you can go there and find um, all of our information. Sounds great. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest today has been the CEO of Cypress Resources, Carrie Rome. Thank you again, Carrie, for joining us. Oh, Dave, it's been my pleasure. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we discussed why solving opportunities is better for business than solving problems and how Carrie has built his own business. Would you like more consistent, stable revenue in your business? Go to smashingtheplateau.com and click on Schedule Time with David to connect directly with me. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.